different. I think we tried it last week too, where we're asking you guys to submit uh, some names for the title of this book, uh, of this video. Um, so I'll just put that in the chat. If you guys want to submit a name or if you guys can email Mike or Bell and yeah. Without further ado, I got a selection from the big book. Uh, page 58, Paul. <clears throat> yep. All right, top of the page, how it works. So you might be familiar with this. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program. Usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. There are such unfortunates. They are not at fault. They seem to have been born that way. They are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. Their chances are less than average. There are those too who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders, but many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. Our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, what we are like now. If you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. At some of these, we balked. We thought we could find an easier, softer way. Perhaps we can, but we could not. With all the, the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. I think we could stop there. Or... Thanks, Jacob. Welcome everybody. Um, Paul, I would say the, the idea of uh, incapable of being honest about really is the first step, yes, for us. That we are powerless over alcohol, drugs, whatever it may be. And our lives are unmanageable really because we've been trying to manage them. Yeah, so that to me is the honesty really. Then there's something they call cash register honesty in the program where, you know, you stole money, da da da, this and that. But I really feel uh, the honesty is an admittance into your innermost self that you're screwed, you know, you're just outmatched. Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I mean, it's, you can say it, but if there's not an accompanying feeling around it, you know, you're just going to have to wait for that to happen because it will. <laughs> you know? If you keep relying on what's failed, you're going to have a sufficient amount of failures, hopefully, to, you know, the, be that straw that breaks the camel's back sooner or later. Or the easier, softer way, maybe this is what I think AA was a lot in the beginning. You know, it was a lot of low bottom drunks. And hopefully what the program did was raise the bottom so people wouldn't have to go through the terrible conditions and consequences that other people had gone through. So maybe raising the bottom so it would be easier and softer for others. 
which is a based on an honesty. Now, sometimes that honesty came from getting completely defeated. Sometimes that honesty can come by listening at a meeting. Yeah. I'd rather go with the latter instead of the former. <laughs> you know what I mean? If I could, I'd rather, you know, <laughs> I'd rather be, you know, at 4,000 altitude in hell than, you know, uh, sea level <laughs> in hell. You know what I mean? I'd like to get that I'm in hell maybe before I hit the bottom. So whatever. And I think that's what the program is, is really helping other people to achieve sobriety. Maybe not looking, it may look like how we did it, but uh, maybe there could be a relief of a lot of the incomprehensible, pitiful demoralizations, yes? By being able to learn from others. And so I feel that's what meetings are is if you're not knowing what's going on, maybe you can identify with others that are coming to know what's going on, yeah? And they can warn you about what's going to happen. And maybe just maybe you'll heed the warnings, you know, maybe grace will be there and you will uh, take the suggestions, do them regularly so they turn into habits and get, get in the habit of being sober, yeah? And then... You can, you'll learn how you can face life successfully. You'll feel a conscious presence. You'll feel a new power flowing in. Yes, you'll be reborn, so to speak. So this is, uh, the idea of honesty to me is that is based on this one uh, thing uh, concerning uh, alcoholism, really. Can I drink successfully? Yeah. Can I stop when I want to? And has it made my life a usually better? Or has it <laughs> ended me up in a drug program in Jamaica, Queens? You know what I mean? So <laughs> one night I uh, <laughs> one night I, I had been in a program called Project Return in the Bronx when I was younger. I was totally out to lunch. I mean, they had me working in the laundry and really I would go see the, the counselor and everything he said went over my head, you know? And he wasn't really talking about, you know, astrophysics. It was really basic, basically the, the you know, the crudeness of my condition. It was just, I was missing it completely. So after three months, uh, we took people, we went on a group to uh, Coney Island. Yeah, we used to take the F train. We were in the Bronx and I was supposed to be watching this guy who was a newer person in the program. I had like three months. And that guy slipped, went to the bathroom and got loaded, smoked a doobie with someone in the bathroom. So when we got back to the facility, he told the truth. And then I got in a lot of trouble. I said, what am I supposed to go into the stall with him and fucking, you know? you know, give him the squares, <laughs> you know, I mean, he went in the bathroom, I just, uh, and, but I felt like, I felt like I, uh, something happened that I didn't deserve, so I got a resentment, and I split, yeah, now I took, I jumped on a train, a subway, because I didn't have any money, and I, the girl, the woman I was seeing before I entered the program was a very rich lady in uh, Greenwich Village who was a psychologist, a psychiatrist. I think she was observing my extreme narcissistic condition, whatever. 
So I got a, I called her collect and she answered and I, she said, all right, yeah, come on over. Now I met somebody somehow on the subway and I got loaded and I went to her place at one in the morning. Yeah. And she wouldn't let me in. So I had, I didn't know where to go. I had nowhere to go. So there was an open clinic 24 seven. I went in there and they put me on a bus with a lot of other down and outers and they drove us back to the Bronx to this giant armory that was turned into a homeless place. So when you get there at night, all this a huge, huge space and there's no lights out. And so they, they take you to a like a army cot with a flashlight and you go there. And then in the morning, it's a fucking insane asylum. There's like thousands of people there. Some of them totally screwed up. Some of them feeding off the people totally screwed up. It scared the bejesus out of me. You would thought I was scared, you know, it was my moment of uh, reckoning. So I got out of there and it didn't, it, you know, I just kept doing what I was doing, but it scared me. I mean, cause that was my future. They even had it in a movie. It was like thousands of fucking people most of them in a pitiful, incomprehensible condition. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know where that went from, but yeah. So I got to a point where admitting I was an alcoholic wasn't doing it. But when, it, when there was the admittance in my innermost self, that's when I was struck sober. And I see that as completely grace. Yeah, because it was a regular day at the office. I was just trying to stay loaded with the hopes that somebody would have money to buy some drugs. Yeah. And then something intervened, whacked me. Uh, and then it set off a train of circumstances that I ended up in an AA meeting that night. And I've been going ever since for 34 years. And the miracle was that urge to use and to drink was removed. It was incredible. I've never had a strong thought or feeling about it. Now that's the greatest demonstration of a solution I've ever had here. Because that's all I was thinking about was getting out and escaping. That was removed. And then I had to find a way, I had to learn how to live, really, sober. Yeah. And that was the AA program. So that miracle that happened getting struck sober would have died on the vine unless I met a way of life to extend it, yeah? Which was recovery. Yeah? Now, maybe people get it by meditating in a cave. I don't know, but this is how it happened with me. And I think there's a regular bus of AA that goes to hell every day and you can get on it and you can leave hell if you like. And there's a lot of us that have lived in hell and now we're living free from hell, yeah? So, and we just followed some simple suggestions and we, and we had an understanding. Now, all we're doing here at these meetings is trying to present another understanding about the understanding of sober, you know, the understanding of what is the exact nature of the wrong with the hopes that some of us it will work for and you'll travel lighter, yeah. And then while you're helping others to achieve sobriety, you'll bring that light to them and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I believe in the AA frame, 
the problem is described on page 64. And it says you have to be convinced of this or be honest about this, which is self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. Yeah. Self is a singularity. It's an activity. It's not zillions of different things doing zillions of different activities. It's an activity of the mental condition that many of us have lived under, which is called self. And we have been caught in the bondage of self. And then all the obsessing around self reinforces the bondage. So the problem resides in the mind and that's where it's reinforced. So we're, we're getting presented all day, sober or not, false evidence by the mental condition through the thought system. It's telling us what, we, what it was, what it's going to be, what it is now. And a lot of it is bogus. And if your life is based on that, for many of us, it's going to lead you to having a drink. Yeah. And once the genie's out of the bottle, it's got more than three wishes for you. <laughs> it's got a lot of wishes for you. <laughs> you could, you would, you would hope it'd be only three, but there'll be probably a lot more. <laughs> and so we don't want that to happen no matter what. We don't want the genie out of the bottle, yes? But the point is, the relief from that possibility is before the genie gets out of the bottle. It's way before that. It's a way of life. Yeah. Or a psychic change or a spiritual awakening sufficient enough to give us a daily reprieve from this bondage of self. Yeah. It's worked. A lot of people here, there's probably hundreds and hundreds of years of sobriety in this Zoom. So, I mean, it's worked and it's working. Yeah. It's not like I don't know the exact origins or how it's come about. Yes, we do. Yeah. We don't know the grace or that higher power, but it's the higher power has moved through this program and allowed us to stay sober through the mechanism of the program of this design for living. Yeah. I don't believe the program does it. I believe the program is used to do it. Yeah. Through this power, through this grace. Yeah. Yeah. So rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Hey, that's a pretty good, uh, that's good news, eh? Yeah. Some completely give themselves to this simple program. Now, the funny thing is, people think, I don't know what that means. We've given, we've been given completely to another fucking program, the program of self. Yeah, we've been completely surrendered to that. Yeah. We've got that thing. What is that syndrome when uh, the person who's been kidnapped starts fucking loving the kidnapper or something? It's a weird mental twist. That's sort of what it's like. You know what I mean? We've been defe defeated by self, but we fucking love self. You know? We, we adore self. We just... Well, it's just insane. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so perhaps there is a better way. Trusting the infinite 
instead of finite self. So obviously, the prior condition before recovery was based on trusting finite self, yes? That's the old way. And the better way is trusting the infinite, yeah? So there may be a little need to look at the old way so that the new way can go on uncaptured by the old way, yeah? So you see what it looks like to trust finite self so you can recognize it while you're trusting the infinite, yeah? Yeah. Instead of trying to trust the infinite completely captured by finite self, because that in a way is an example of self trying to get out of self. So that which is playing God makes up a God that it plays with, yeah? But that God doesn't really have much power because if you turn it over, the life to God, that God, you believe you can take it back at any moment. That's not surrender. That's a transaction. <laughs> this, the program is not transactional. It's a surrender in a way. Yeah, so, yeah. Happy to be here. Uh, Sometimes gratitude is best shared, you know what I mean? If you come to a group and then you, by just what we're speaking about, it reminds you of how it was. And then you really have a sense of how it is. A lot of gratitude just erupts, yeah. Because what's allowing us just to be at the Zoom? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So hey, that's it, Jacob. I guess. Do we have any questions? Uh, please raise your hand if you do. I have a quick question, Paul. So I'm wondering if so. Sometimes my my friends ask about the group and. Specifically with, as an AA group, like I want to tell them about doing, doing a four-step inventory, but I'm a little unsure about bringing, bringing the four-step to people without them doing the, doing the first other steps and also doing the four-step um, with the recognition that it's not you. Um, would you, would, would you, do you have recommendations for people that are outside of the program for for that method or who maybe want to make use of some of the tools that are that are in the program but perhaps they just have process addictions or yeah sure i mean you can anyone can do a i mean resentments fears and harming other people in the pursuit of what we want it isn't only in the addict or the alcoholics arena yeah sure yeah so basically the underlying condition is another common condition shared by many, 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 which is the bondage of self. So yeah, so if you could look at self's manifestations, it, you don't have to be an addict or an alcoholic to do that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we are an opportunity for this activity to express itself through. Where as, as alcoholics, we're an extreme example of self will run riot, but there's a lot of other less extreme examples. 
Yeah. Yeah. So usually as an example, an extremeness is valuable because it sets a contrast. Yeah. So maybe you can see something if you see it in a very large contrasted picture, but there are a lot, a lot of uh, discomfort in a life run by self. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be an extreme version. Yeah. Hold on. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. You don't have to have, you know, you don't have to have uh, your whole house in, in cinders before you call the fire department. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe if you could, if you smell some smoke, you can, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you see? So if you live just in recovery and then maybe you go to another spiritual group, you see selfing in that just as much as you see in recovery. It's just more sophisticated or subtle, let's say, but there's a desire to get out of self as self quite a lot. Yeah. And there's a bondage or they wouldn't be so busy looking to escape. Yeah. Now they're not surrounded with the paraphernalia we are alcohol bottles drugs syringes whatever but uh that you can't you know it's the same crime it's you know what i mean mm -hmm. it may be different evidence but it's the same crime yeah 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 i in other words there's the there's the murder but some this room has syringes. This room has fucking, you know, overdue bills. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a murder happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that, yeah, that mental state is, uh, I think there's a lots of lots of levels of it. Yeah. Yeah, even during the day. The obsession with self is, uh, let's say, is the root like connection, but how much, how sometimes it's pulled tighter, sometimes it's looser. Yes. Mm -hmm. But there's always that, that thing. And sometimes that's what we call a successful day when it's a little loose and then something comes up and it's super tight. The point is, is what allows all that, all that note playing is, you know what I mean? It's the string. So mm. we need to weaken that connection in a way we don't, but noticing it can allow it to weaken. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, you get an underlying sense of relief, not by just loosening when it tight, tight, you know, just more like an ease and comfort. Yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. like the sense of satisfaction and contentment is a pretty good uh, defense against it. Yes. Yeah, because I think it thrives on have on the irritability, restlessness, and discontent it manufactures. It thrives with that because that drives you to places in the head, in the emotions, in your relations, you act out a lot of times, yes? 
Sure. But if there's a contentment and satisfaction, it, it really, uh, a lot of the explosions don't go off. Yeah. yeah. I feel that's the spiritual awakening. That condition becomes the new uh, basis. Yeah. The trusting of the infinite. You know, when everything will change, that's based on a basis when the basis changes. Yes. You see the efficiency of it. Yeah. If everything that's happening is is rooted in the base, you know, the base condition, let's say, then if that changes, everything will change. If you keep trying to change everything, yeah, without changing the basis, it's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah, so like Einstein said, you can't seek a solution from the system that made the problem. Yeah, that's a clear understanding. So we're not going to think ourselves out of being the thinker. Yeah, we're not going to do ourselves out of being the doer. Yeah, so I think there's understanding is important because like when you understand your condition, uh, you start sort of living the serenity prayer, you know? Mm. The courage is there when something can be changed, but then there's serenity when there's something that can't be changed. And you have the wisdom actively imply, uh, giving you the knowing the difference. Yeah? Yeah. That's pretty sweet. And then when you don't, you know, basically, you don't rush into the front. You just wait a little while and see what happens. And then usually something shows up and tells you, all right, make a left or, yeah. Yeah, don't you feel like that a lot? Yeah, absolutely. So now you've learned how to face life successfully. You've got a working, something that works, which is reliance on a power greater than oneself or this idea of self. Yeah. And it's been put to the test and it's proven its value. So something galvanizes and now you have a solid base. It's not like shifting sand based on what you think the condition is. It's a condition that overrides your mental conditions a lot, really, which is nice. Yes. Yeah, you said something a, a few weeks ago. You said uh, the self doesn't like to be looked at. And this is so true, just an experience. Uh, if I take a moment and put my attention on self, it disappears. It, it goes away immediately. Yes. And that's the, the, the string loosening. Um, yeah, the proof yes. is in the pudding in that respect. And um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's the basis right there. What happens when we put our attention on the self, it goes away. There's the basis. There's the ground from which... We can leave. Yes. It's something I had experiences with in New York. Because mm. when you were on the subway, let's say some crazy character would enter the car. If they started yelling, you just did not look at them. If, right. you, if you made eye contact, they were sitting right next to you. And they'd get off at the next stop with you. It would be so selfing is just like that. It's like, yelling at us look at look here look here look here and if you lose interest in that yeah it gets a little pissed but it doesn't have any real power 
So it just throws a tantrum, but it doesn't ruin your life. <laughs> yeah? yeah? Yeah. So uh, it's a really based on, it's all pivoted on page 63, losing interest in self. Now you need warnings about that because being identified as self, you may attempt to lose interest in self and that will actually gain, be a gaining of interest in self. So it's an, there is a little trickiness with it, yeah? Yeah, you have to see self can't get out of self. It's a very important statement in our community. Mm -hmm. Incredibly important because it's sort of like the, uh, the booby trap a lot of us fall into, yeah? We, try, we attempt, we don't realize we're identified as this mental idea, and now the mental idea is planning an escape from the mental idea, which, <laughs> yes, if you are the prison, the prison is never going to escape from the prison. <laughs> and if it keeps not seeing that it's the prison, yeah, and every, t every attempt to escape will fail until you see Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Maybe I'm not in this prison. Then there'll be no need to try to escape because you'll be freed from it. Yeah? It's that simple. But it's a tricky thing. You know, if there's an act of being identified, so let's say someone tells you uh, that what's been coming through you were Stanley's manifestations. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And so you say, okay, you, you, you say, okay, but you hear that, that they're Stanley manifestations as Stanley still. Yeah. <laughs> so now as Stanley, you try to get out of Stanley's manifestations. That doesn't work. You need to have an understanding. You're not Stanley. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when the manifestations of Stanley appear, you don't take them to be your manifestations. Like you don't take a resentment to be your resentment. You take it to be a resentment. And in really the sense is it has you, you don't have it. Mm -hmm. So you tell the truth about the resentment, not from the sense of owning it, because that's not the truth. Mm -hmm. You tell the truth that it's a resentment and then see how it goes. And I'll tell you, you'll travel lighter through resentments more than with your resentments. Yeah. I don't, if you have a thousand mile journey, it's going to go a lot lighter if there's a resentment, if it's not yours. If it's yours, you're going to get off the train with that resentment and you're going to carry it around. Yeah. And whatever else you, the next place you go to, you bring that old resentment with you. That's bondage. Yeah. But if you see it as a resentment, if you see fear as an effect of reliance on self, there's freedom there. There's relief. And the relief is what proves the point. The understanding is solid if it promotes relief. Yes. You're on to something. You know, as soon as I find the right ointment for the rash, yeah. It's not the point of it being the right ointment doesn't mean anything. It mean, It's the relief from the rash that I'm happy about. Yes. I had a misunderstanding. I thought it was psoriasis and it wasn't. It was eczema. 
So as soon as I finally put, I put the right ointment on it, I get the relief. Yeah. It wasn't just an ointment. I needed the right ointment. I needed the right diagnosis because there's lots of ointments. Yeah. I needed the one that was, was based on this. And I knew it, I knew it was correct because it relieved me of the rash. Yes. So, you know, what the bondage of self is like when you get relief from it. Yeah. Hold on a second. This, this, this sharing at these talks isn't based on hope. It's not based on hope. It's based on observation. Yeah. I've watched sobriety for 34 years in this example called Paul, yeah? And I have been brought to many conclusions and I've been convinced of many of them, yeah? And one of them is self is what has defeated us. And how it defeats us is the mental state is in the act of being identified as self. So it's the, it's the problem trying to discover how to get out of itself. It doesn't work. Yeah. So if I recognize, finally, I recognize the manifestations that are defeating me as Stanley's, there's a possibility of being free from them. If I, if I see the manifestations that defeat me and I keep calling them mine, I'm going to get defeated more. Yeah. Because it isn't the manifestation. It's the idea of the owning of it. The owning of it. This came from observation. I've watched it. I had no idea this was, I did not have this understanding when I came into AA. It got, it, it was grown in AA. It grew in AA. More was revealed. I watched it. it I watched alcoholism in, in here and in others. I had a bird's eye view of it, yeah? It was cooking right here and I could see it in others. And then there was relief from it. And then there was a lot of reverse engineering to understand the problem from the solution. That's what happened. I got relief and then the head sort of was told how I got, why that relief wasn't readily available before. And the basic one was, I can't be free with, but from something I'm identified as, as that identification. It can't happen. Yeah. Because I'm not that. So once I saw something wasn't me, I could be free from it, finally. Yeah. That's what told me I was trying to be free as it. Getting the sense of being free from it told me I was in this slavery of trying to be free as it. That's mm -hmm. how I learned. Yeah. And then I, that, that came, that crystallized and it's been, it's been put to test of, you know, years and years of observation and the, the, the basic of that solution hasn't altered. It's just been, it's weathered the time, weathered a lot of time and observation and a lot of hearing other people. Yeah.
I'm, you know, if something works, hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. If something works, hallelujah. Even if it's temporary, if that's the only condition you have, fucking great. You know, but drinking to get temporary relief doesn't work for most of us anymore. It didn't for a long time. Yeah. But here, this, I feel I found a simple way to recognize something that had thoroughly defeated me in this life. And it's still a possibility. Yeah. And the, the root of it is the act, the act of being identified as self. And where is that happening? It's not happening in my elbow. It's not happening in my granola. It's happening in the head. It's brought to me through thoughts, a lot. Through doctored observations, bias observations, prejudice put into the view immediately. Yeah? I try to change that. I realize that doesn't work. When I started losing interest in it, that worked. Yeah? When I tried to change self and make it a better self, it didn't work. When I saw it wasn't me and I lost interest in it, that's worked, yes? That's why we're here sharing it. We're like crash test dummies. You don't have to go through the fucking test. You can hopefully hear it and maybe it'll trigger something in you, yeah? And you'll come to believe that a power greater than us can restore us to sanity, yes? Yeah. Am I against or vying against anything? I don't care, you know? What I look for in someone is relief. I don't care, you know? People have some incredible intricate cosmologies. I don't care. I just wanna see you traveling lighter today, yeah? We can't change a lot of shit, can we? I can't change the fact that I got run over by a car. Yeah, and I can't change the fact that the ailments I may be having now are, are directly connected to that one five minute event in my life. Yes, can't change. Yeah, but I can learn how to live around it. I can learn how to fit myself around that situation instead of trying to fit the situation around me. That's incredibly basic, isn't it? One's going one way, one's going the other way. It's not subtle, yeah? Am I trying to fit everything to fit me, the me that I'm not? Or am I taking that me and fitting it around this understanding and recognizing I'm not that? That's basically what's, what's going on. Yeah. Thanks, Jacob. Anyone? Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Yeah, it's almost as if we do the inventory and at first that that is a it there is a looking at the self through the inventory. But eventually, after doing the inventory for so long, it, 
the self can commandeer that even unless we have that that added bonus of seeing it seeing it as not us yes for sure because <clears throat> you continue yes mm -hmm. and so the and if you continue and the act of being identified continues you may continue identified as self yes sure you know drinking not drinking yeah and I think that's really the root of the situation. It's, I, you know, the bondage of self. Obviously, they talked about drinking and using our symptoms. Mm -hmm. The bondage of self. Where does the fear come from? Self-reliance, yeah. So I imagine self is probably one of the most mentioned words in the big book. I mean, wouldn't it behoove us to try to have some kind of working understanding. Yeah. You know, not just that can you can write it down on a page, but you could see it in the moving pages of a day. Wouldn't you rather have that kind of understanding? I don't want to know shit. I want to see it. Yeah. I want to see it. Seeing goes a long, long way. Awareness goes a way longer way than knowledge, I feel. I do. This isn't like an intellectual awakening. It's a spiritual awakening. It's an awakening to awareness in a sense. Yeah. Now, instead of thinking about shit, you become aware of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And you become aware of the thinking about shit a lot. Can you imagine if your only reaction is to think about shit? And that thought system is infected with alcoholism. <laughs> I would say that's a that's a chronic condition, eh? But what about what is that pause that a lot of us have examples of? There's no thought in that, is there? Mm -hmm. It pauses the thoughts. So we get a solution before the thoughts. Instead of trying to find solutions through the thoughts, we get one before the thoughts. Yeah. That's trusting the infinite. Trusting the finite is having faith in thoughts, tell you the truth, my feel. If you want an example of trusting the finite, it's faith in thoughts. Trust, trusting the infinite, it's faith in awareness, let's say, really. Yeah. yeah, your life gets based from a different starting point. Instead of thinking, it's awareness, spiritual awakening, sensing of presence, feel, yes, all that. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't say thinking there's a presence, it says sensing a presence. That's how we get the false presence is thinking we're a presence. <laughs> That's what keeps reinforcing that. <laughs> Thinking doesn't make things so. Unless there's faith in the thoughts, yeah. Yeah. So I'm hoping every one of us has some relief, at least from the bondage of self to a certain degree today so that we can travel lighter and be available to others and to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
what's that famous thing in Buddhism? It says, do no harm. Let's just shoot for do less harm. <laughs> just, just do a little less harm. <laughs> uh, you can't go out and try that, but you can be that. Yeah, you can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy to I'm happy to be here. This is a very nice uh habit, the Zooms. And uh it it, it it's nurturing for the action figure to have a purpose, yes? Yeah, yeah, and I, I need this as a reminder as well, uh of course. And I mean every time I put that method into practice of and I can do it at this point mentally, not that I always rely on it or that I'm so great at it, but going through the first four columns and then ending with seeing it as not myself, I, as not self, it always ends in a pause and always ends in a release of energy. Um, yeah. So yeah, the, the, the proof is right there for me. And these, yes. these meetings are great reminders to, to keep that, to keep that up as a habit, because I think in, in AA, we, we get in the habit of doing inventories. Some of us, like myself, fall off, but then coming back to, to these programs and seeing the new dimension to it and then putting that into practice on a day-to-day -day basis and getting a constant reminder to, to keep that up um, is yeah. invaluable to me. Yeah, because see, sometimes, uh, you know, it's like a car. You know, some it stalls, you got to get out and push it. You don't push it. You push it to a certain point and then it catches, yeah? And then it drives away. It's not like you're going to push it to Omaha. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to get to Omaha right now. It's stalled, so you have to push it. So in a point, you do an inventory so that you don't have to do inventory. Sure. But because you learn what the inventory, one of the many things the inventory was was uh, being used to have you see. So you, once you start seeing it, you grow out, outgrow fear and resentment. And so there's nothing to write about, really. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, a, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, we have a question from Bruce F. Paul. Yes. Bruce, you're unmuted. There you go. Yeah, hi, everyone. I'll just clear the screen. Uh, okay. Yeah, Paul. This yeah. is exactly what's been going on with me um, since we last met. A lot of thinking, um, which could be interpreted as something I need to make amends for you know, et cetera, you know, eight, nine. And then there's this, this other view where um, they're not my resentments. They are resentments, thoughts of resentment. And to seeing them as thoughts of resentment is, is, is the relief, the relief I, you know, I re I'll say I received, you know, as a sense of I, uh, without it, you know, and coming to the meeting, 
you know, planning not to share him were ridiculous. And here I am sharing with you. So anyway, thanks for sharing, you know, what, what you've learned with the program. Because again, like I say, and it always, I always, I'm always left with, you know, everything that's happened has brought us all right here, right now. And I'm thankful for that. Thanks, Paul. Yes. The thing is, our resentment can form. And if you don't own it, uh, it, it basically dissipates itself. Yeah. Yes. It's got a it's got a very small amount of fuel that it can light up for a second or two. It needs you to attach to it to give it the boost that you know to give it uh, an ability to extend through the day, which is the rocket is my you know my resentment. So yeah, there's a lot of resentment sort of uh, are getting ready to to. Uh, They just don't set off an effect, yeah. So they just come up and they pop. Yes. A without lot. the record, without the recognition, you know. Yeah. Forget it. You don't do an inventory. Nothing, because there's nothing there to do an inventory of. Right. Yeah. Right. Thank, okay, thank you. Yeah. yeah. So you're catching, you're catching it before uh, it manifests in a sense, in, in a sense, instead of after it. Yeah. Yes. Thanks. So yes. So its potentiality didn't get a chance to express because it needed the oomph of my to push it into. Yeah. Yes. I find that happens a lot. Yeah. So it worked. It worked for me. Yeah. It works exactly. I mean, this is the outgrowing of stuff. you out we, we outgrow fear. You outgrow these things because you grow into the new condition, which is trusting the infinite. And then instead of just having an idea, you really get the connection between self-reliance and fear. Yeah, it's it's completely a cause and effect uh, relationship. Self-reliance is the cause, and fear is the effect. Mostly mental anxiety, really. Yeah, and sometimes I feel, and sometimes I feel when I've turned it all. Well, not that I've turned it all over. Well, that's good. I just went blank. No need to yeah. ask. There you go. That's what happens when you turn it over. Yeah, it goes blank. <laughs> great. All right. Cool. And anything can happen then, or nothing. It's great. Oh, yeah. yeah. So then, yeah. So then it was like, okay, everything could just end and then, you know, goodbye. Um, and to be okay with that, you know, in a sense. And, and it's, it's, it's funny in a way, you know, that it's all, it was all a joke. <laughs> yeah. And that's the relief, you know, a feeling of relief. Yes. Yeah, if you can just look at, the role of my in a few examples, and then it can be extended to all the all the the uh, possibilities of when my can arise. There'll be a loss of interest in my, and in that, uh, because we give life to things, don't you see? You know, all the pejoratives that coulda, woulda, shoulda, 
you know, judging. We give life to things. We give extension to things. We give meaning to things. This is called a subjective experience. What do you think that means? It means this isn't an objective experience. At 30 people get a pinprick and they all feel exactly the same and they have the same re reaction. No, it's a subjective experience. So there's a lot of meaning being given to everything yeah, that we're brought into contact with through consciousness. So therefore, hence the meaning from the self-centered point of view is that my gets put in everything. My becomes a dominant thing. So these are my feelings, my actions, my thoughts, my opinions. And uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of... <sighs> yeah, I see myself as an object of perception now. Yeah, cool. Well, there's, there's this, a note noticing the seeing of it there's the seeing yeah. of it <laughs> yeah. hey if you see if you're seeing that you're the thinker of the thoughts that's not seeing right right and yeah, no thinker no doer you know how you doing <clears throat> well i'm not doing or <laughs> i'm not doing what i'm not doing you see see the The self is really never here. It comes later. Yeah. So there's this contact and then there's an experience and then there's an interpretation from this idea of being the experiencer and that the experiencer now takes the place of the experience. Yeah. So that conscious contact. Okay. Yeah. That's what I've been needing clarification on. Or yeah, looking for conscious clarification. contact is life. That's what's living. Yeah, there's, there's an awareness happened. of activities <laughs> that are going around. And so yeah. that happens. And then the head is a reaction to that. And that its reaction to that is of a sense of ownership or uniqueness or specialness. And then that's the, the birth of self or the birth of me. And then the system from then on is there to reinforce that me. Yeah, so you get moved away from an experiential uh, event into an interpretive event. Yeah. So I feel like there's a wearing of a person in a way, you know, a conditioning. Well, you see, the it's thing is, well. the experiences uh, now become fertilizer to the interpretation instead of the being the real the real, uh, you know, fruit, the real, the real harvesting is that experience has now been used to fertilize the, the story of the interpreter, you know? Yes. So it's almost as if you never really feel the pulse of life anymore. You just get a report about it. Yeah. And being blind, we're apt to believe anything. Look at what people do. People are, uh, you, look, how many times did you go make an amend to somebody and what you thought was a crucial moment in your life and theirs, they for, had forgotten all about it. <laughs> they didn't even remember you 
what you thought was a monumental moment, they forgot all about it. <laughs> I mean, obviously, they didn't give the same meaning that you had given it. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. So, yeah, when, I noti when it's noticed. It is. <laughs> it is. Because uh, that which is throwing the meaning, you know, that the meaning could be thrown by something else and given to other things, which may be more enriching, which I feel is what the re surrender to the, the higher power is, is you're giving, you know, they say we're turning our will and life over. Well, part of our life is we give everything all the meaning it has. We do. This is a subjective life. Yes. Yes. That's, I'm giving my interpretation to something else so hopefully, because I've had it with this interpretation, maybe it'll be replaced with a new interpretation. Yeah, basically. So with I don't want to read the same old story of the old employer. So I want, you know, I'm making a decision to turn my life and my, my giving meaning everything to a new employer. So hopefully it puts better use. It makes uses, you know, puts it to better use. Let's say when I got into recovery, the last few years out there, I did not see any value in anything I did. Yeah, I was really a walking parasite. I was just trying to take what I could from people. And when I surveyed all of that stuff, I saw no value in it. I thought it was fucking, oh, I gave it a very like negative value. Yeah, that same, all that same information when turned over to this program and get to the higher power, it was put to great use. That shit that I thought had no value was used to, to uh, produce a lot of value. Yes. So yeah, what we're turning over is this, our subjective experience. Really. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. So any, any, the idea of any thought at all is, is just, you know, it's not there. The thoughts aren't the thing, it's the meaning that they're given. Yes? So okay. you, can have a, you, can, uh, you can have a thoughts that that guy really <laughs> fucked with me and have no reaction to it. And then if there's a meaning given to it, a resentment will form and now you'll have a vendetta towards that person. It's not okay. the thoughts, it's the what's given to the thoughts, which is the collateral of meaning. Meaning. Okay, yeah. When you identify, when it's identified. It's coming through us. That's what we do here. Yeah. We're not the, this is not a real dream. We're the dreaming. So we're the projector that the shit's being thrown out. Yes. I see. I, I see don't know how you see. I don't know how you see a, a redwood tree. I don't. There's I a scene of a redwood tree. I don't know what kind of feeling or meaning gets triggered in you when you see a redwood tree. You would try to tell me through language. Now, and it could only be compared to the meaning I give to redwood trees. Yeah, this is how limited it is. But we so give meaning to everything. Yeah, that's what so we I see, do. I see, I see it all as a waking dream in that sense that it all passes, nothing, nothing stays. Exactly. So yes, it's, coming. it's coming together. Yes. So. This is really what changes, you know, life goes on. You may be at the same job that you used to be, but now before you hated the job. Now you love the job. The job hasn't changed, right? 
the meaning that's been given to it has changed. Yeah, there's a lot of, yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah, is why tell the truth about it because looking at life through the lens of self, you're going to get a, a meager staple of meaning. <laughs> it really, and it's, it's going to lack a lot of fucking artistic value and flair. It's just going to be the same old fucking same old. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're going to feel really big in a very, very small space. <laughs> Remember when you were a kid, you had wonder and awe, imaginings and this and that. Yes. Yeah. No way. Meanings were being given to things much differently than when we grew up. Yes. Just like a dog, this dog I have. Every day, it waits for me to wake up because I play ball with it. I could play ball with it for eight hours. It would still want to go. <laughs> it's every fucking ball, every ball ever thrown is a new ball to it. It just goes fucking, and it's every, it's just relentless. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, a baby, you can, you know, hide behind a corner and, and scare the baby and it laughs 30 fucking times in a row. It'll just keep laughing. Us, we're over it after the first time. Oh, fucking, I've seen this before. Yes. With the interpretation in some weird way gives you a security, but you lose a lot of living, a whole lot of living. You really do. To the point where you feel like you have to add shit on, like, Drinking, using, doing this, doing that. Yes, because you feel a little bit empty. Yeah. Because you're empty of meaning. <laughs> yes. So. Well, I just feel, I feel so present in sharing that, you know, all that other stuff is, you know. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You can feel alive. Yeah. Why not? We're stuck in here. <laughs> yeah, just if you, uh, there's a great download called The Course in Miracles. I'm not recommending anything or not recommending it, but they would present these ideas. And one of the, the second idea they present uh, is you and I give everything all the meaning it has. Yes. So to me, that pretty much captured the idea of what a subjective experience is. Yeah. So, so basically, all your reactions are going to be to the meaning something gives to life. Yes. Your reactions are going to be based on the meaning that you're reacting to. Now, if self is giving everything all the meaning it has, and let's say you have alcoholism, when you listen to people's interpretation of life, it sounds very familiar to yours, yeah? Because basically it's the same reaction because it's the same meaning that's being given because it's not you giving it, itself is giving it the meaning, yeah? So now, the possibility of your life 
having meaning is determined by self, this idea of this identification with this mental state. And now the mental state is giving everything all the meaning it has. <laughs> and the best you can do is react to it. Yes. And, and uh, <laughs> for a lot of us, that's really produces a sense of irritability, restlessness, and discontent because we believe it's other people that are stopping us from getting what we, all this shit comes up. Yes. <laughs> and so you become imprisoned by the reaction uh, that was based on a meaning that you never even gave. Yeah? You've been living another life, so to speak. And so there's finally an admittance of that and a surrender. And then another possibility gets introduced. It's called the higher power, let's say. It takes the same information but it gives it a new meaning, a different meaning. And then you try it on and you start wearing it and it may work better than the old. Yeah, for most of us, we'd have to say, yes, it does. So now you're living, yeah, based on new meaning being given to life. And you're learning that you can respond better to this than you could with the other, yes? And you learn that you can face life successfully. Yeah, all that. Yet the information, the basic tree that you saw is the tree that you saw. And you met 30 people and you still met 30 people, but all the meaning now is different. Yes. It's, it's sort of like if you were mining a stream and one person was looking for amethyst and the other was looking for gold. Yes. So the self is mining the stream of life to to reinforce its idea of being you, yeah? A long lasting, independent, separate thing. The higher power is mining that stream of life for a different purpose, yes? To make you yeah. of use to yourselves and others, yes? So, I mean, it's truly incredibly uh, distinct from each other. So new employer, old employer, trusting the finite, trusting the infinite, yes? One says the two, the commonality of the new and old employer is that the act of being employed or used, we're playing that role. We're going to be used. Is it by the old employer or the new employer? Yeah. The other same thing, you know, infinite, finite self, but trust is there for both. Yeah. You're going to be trusting something. Is it the infinite or the finite self? The trusting is mute, mute. That's going to happen. That's what this is. Faith is happening here. It's going to happen. But what the faith is going to manifest by the vehicle it's put in. If it's put in self, you're going to probably have a lot of anxiety based on what's not happening. Put into the infinite, you'll be, you'll be available to what's happening right now. There you go. Okay. Only because the meanings are completely different. Yeah, You're going to react. Because that's what this action figure is. It's like the crowd calls out or like the musician calls out and then the crowd reacts, you know, and they sing the chorus. So the self is doing that all day. It's saying you're fucked and then you, you know, 
you you fought, you know, oh, woe is me, woe is me is the chorus. And then, and then it goes back and then you're really fucked. Oh, woe is, and then you should kill the person who fucked you. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like a weird, uh, it's like a, a sick trance. So that's been broken for us. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yes, hallelujah. I'll second that. <clears throat> yeah. So I don't, the meanings, the thoughts, I st the thoughts are pretty similar, I guess. I don't have as many, I'd say, have to say that. The population of thoughts in my head has severely gone down. But the thoughts are basically the same thoughts, but the meanings yeah. are completely different. Yes, Rooted yeah. in that they're not mine, first of all. Yeah. And now yeah. the meaning of them usually... Comedy is derived from them, not seriousness, which I, I like. It works better. <laughs> as Paul passing the day, it works a lot better when it's seen as comedy than as CNN or something. <laughs> so, yeah, this is traveling lighter. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird it's feeling like having no desires and it's just being open to whatever occurs. Yeah. And, and then desires come, they're not yours, and then you uh, fulfill them by having some granola. Or is there no me to be mine? I don't know. There you go. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, so <laughs> anyone else? Thanks. Don't take well, anything I say seriously. It's just something. There's an underlying yeah, thing, but... Uh, Sometimes me I go either. off the rails. It's yeah. me talking. <laughs> I go off the rails and, uh, yeah. I like to look down tunnels. I do. I have to admit that. Yeah. You always see the light at the, end, at the end of it. That's what's beautiful. And then you realize that's actually the beginning. Yeah, beautiful, eh? You see that the light at the end of the tunnel, and then you realize it's at the beginning. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So, hey, anyone, anything else? Yeah, Paul, Paul, I was just saying, when I look down the tunnel, man, and then I, I realize it's a train. Yes, yes. Well, the train, uh, yeah. That was my I, attempt at a joke, Paul. I know, I know. I was just saying, I underestimate the train. I just get into the light. Yeah. 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 I've been run over by cars. I can get run over by a train. <laughs> oh, I got ran over too, man. I got ran over skipping church. When I was 16 on my motorcycle, a car going 50 miles an hour ran me over. And I was high, but I mean, that didn't slow me down for nothing, you know? But uh, anyways, it's all good. Thanks, Carrie. Anyone else? No, that's it today, Paul. Thanks. All right, great, Jacob. Thank you. Thank you, Carrie. Yeah, everybody. Bruce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to a new world of meaning. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let me say goodbye to everyone. And uh, we have another talk today at 4.30 Pacific time on the website. 
awakening together. So if you're interested, come out, come over there. And uh, everything is on the event page. I think we're going to be doing something in Mexico in October live. I have to uh, get the information. I think it's around October 16th for two days, three days there, two days. So, and we have Italy. I think there's an opening for Italy still. A couple, uh, the husband got very ill. So, yeah. All right. Anyone, uh, Jacob and Alex, nice to see both of you as always. Al from Vegas. Yes. Nice to see you, Al. Michael, Stacy, as always. Kerry, thank you very much. Anu, yes, always. Samuel J, nice to see you, Samuel. Yes. Samuel likes to get slapped, the Zen bitch slap. That's good. <laughs> yeah. It's healthy. It brings redness to the cheeks. Yeah. We got Gail, my little pink cloud resident. Yes. I come here to get my helium. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. And the pink cloud is not a gated community, remember. That's right. Okay. It's public. Okay. It's public. It's open source. All right. <laughs> There's no toll booth. No. No gate. And we got Hallie. Hallie S. Nice to see you, Hallie. Walter. Walter. Somewhere in this house. Nice to see you, Walter. Roman. As always, I'll be seeing you soon, my friend. Looks like a beautiful day in Germany. Nice, nice sky. Evening. Sunset. Hmm? Yeah, it's evening oh, sunset. sunset oh. Very nice. We've got Mickey, the matriarch of Madeira, holding court as usual. We got Chris. There he goes. Nice to see you. He's learning the great value of service. Yes. Stefan, on having never left. Yeah. I'm right with you, bro. That's good. Jeffrey, <laughs> Seattle. Nice to see you. Annette, there you go. Nice to see you, Annette. Deborah, she's taking it easy today, chilling. We got Kate. Yes. Nice to see you, Kate. Oliver from Berlin. Oh, nice to see Oliver. Julie G. Uh, let me see. We've got Amy from Seattle. We got, let's see what Jimmy has, but obviously you cannot transmit something you don't does. You don't have or whatever. I missed that. Uh, we got Kristen D from Detroit. Nice to see you, Kristen. Uh, we have, let's see who else is here. I just lost that. I think that's it. No, we've got Deborah. I think she's up now. That was her. Uh, I think that's it. Well, listen, thank you. Always a pleasure to come here and, uh, yep. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Paul. We'll see you today or whenever. Thank you, and, uh, thank you Paul. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks, Paul.